Another edition of the Mouth and Off Sports Show here on the Mouth and Off Sports Show Network. Dan Sadik here, joined alongside by none other than Nick Brown, Ryan Brown, and Jonathan Sullivan. Boys, how are we doing tonight? Finally to get the season on the road. WBL preview show. I mean, we do this every year, and I always love it. We're doing it virtually. And man, second full season now with the team format, adding a new team, so much to talk about. Um, I'm just, I'm excited to get into it, boys. Yeah. So let's sort of recap how we got to this point. So last year in the pandemic year, we kind of had a switcheroo mid year, mid season. Originally, we went in with our usual captain's format. But somewhere along the way, we decided, hey, let's try out permanent teams and give that a try. So we cut the captain's season short. We went to a permanent team format, and I think it was money for the most part. Uh, And we got to a three-team playoff where the Hanks took out the Bums in a best-of-three play-in series to face the Snowflakes in the championship. And then... In an instant classic of a five-game, best-of-five championship series, the Hanks pulled out the series victory and took home the first WBL team championship. But with a lot going on in the offseason, like Dan said, there is much to talk about uh, as far as each team goes and a new expansion team. So without further ado... Let's get into it. First, I want to ask each of you, what are you most excited for going into the season? That's a, that's a tough question, but um, it's loaded. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's honestly so much to be excited about um, with uh, the new team joining and how that's going to affect. But um, I mean, there's really nothing better than being out there in the warm weather and getting to play some wiffle ball with the fellas, you know, it's just a good time. So um I'm excited uh, selfishly for my squad. I think we're looking great this year. Um, oddly enough, this is the Beanfield Bum Show, if we're being quite <laughs> honest with you. Um, yep. No attendance from anybody else, but we didn't ask for any an attendance. But nonetheless, the WBL Beanfield Bums preview show uh, is going to be lit. And uh, look, I'm excited for us this year. I'm excited to see how Sato fares. I think that's the probably for me. The biggest thing I'm looking in, uh, looking forward to, and that I'm excited about, is seeing how our new teammate fares um, after the release of Birdo and the signing of Zachary Sato. Jonathan, yeah, yeah. go Jonathan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to parrot what Nick said. Just very excited to get back on the field. Love the WBL. Not an FBL guy, as people know. Uh, probably the biggest FBL hater in the Looks league. Looks like maybe. such a fucking goon. Um. <laughs> Let's go. I'm excited to play. I mean, nothing in particular like sticks out just the whole the whole season. I'm just looking forward to it. Love playing Dude, love playing a little wiffle ball. Look 
at the kid's face. He can barely hold back a smile. You'll love to see it. I'm uh, most looking forward to <laughs> the new playoff format that we're unveiling because I think that could lend itself to, I don't know, just some good suspense, some good tension, maybe some bigger games because, again, if you know we're doing a two-half system – and you're just going to get more, I don't know, the end of that first half, obviously, whoever's vying to be a top team, you know, to safely secure their playoff spot or what have you, you know, you're going to get more, you know, interesting games earlier on uh, because we're doing that two-half uh, system. And I think that's – I'm most looking forward to see how that plays out. Yeah, so let's get right into that. For those that are unaware, uh, the WBL is moving to – uh, a two-half format, sort of like the minor league baseball system uses, where they have a first-half schedule, they play it out, and at the end of that first half, the records reset, and they play a second-half schedule. And the top X amount of teams in each half yep. qualify for the playoffs. So in our case, we will have four teams participating in the first half, and the top two teams will qualify for the postseason in the second half, our expansion team will be joining the league, giving us five teams for the second half. And the top three teams in the second half will qualify for the postseason. So there are endless possibilities for how the postseason could work. You could get somehow all five teams qualifying for the playoffs. And in that case, four and five would have a wild card play-in game to the semifinal round. And then the, the remaining four teams would play a semifinal best of three before moving on to a championship best of five. Or you could get the two teams that finish in the top two in the first half finishing in the top three in the second half and giving us only three teams in the playoffs. And we would just do what we did last year again, all over. Or we could get a four-team playoff. So there, there is no set playoff uh, bracket until we get to the end of the overall season. So there's a lot to be playing for. If, even if you finish in the top two in that first half, you can take out how many uh, you could take out a couple of potential teams by finishing in the top two in the second half. So there's plenty to play for in both halves, even if you are one of those teams that does finish in the top two in the first half. So, Let's sort of recap what happened in the offseason outside of the schedule because uh, hmm. we, we know we'll be playing. Each team will play each other in two best-of-three series, one home, as the home team and one as the away team in each half. So eight an 18-game schedule in the first half and a 24-game schedule in the second half. Uh, but and just – in an overall sense of the off season, we had a couple of transactions. Uh, yours truly is no longer a player in the WBL. I have transitioned full-time into the front office, the new league commissioner. Yo. Uh, it's a tough scene. I was looking forward to defending the MVP honor and running it back with the Hanks, but work, work said otherwise. So, uh, it's going to be a tall task for the Hanks to run it back without me. I'm not going to, not going to sugarcoat it. So let's start with the Hanks and I'll, I'll get your guys' opinion on it first. So how can the Hanks run it back without me? Dan, I'll start with you. 
the only way the Hanks are running it back without you is they need their core three, Miller, DJ, and Cam, to all be there very consistently. And not only that, they have to have career years, I think. Just because, right, you know, if their replacement for you is essentially James on a part-time basis, you know, who knows what the, what he can give them. But ultimately, it's it's them, right? It's Miller's the captain. How, you know, what is his ceiling? What is the Hank ceiling with him as their captain? I don't know. Um, I think they're probably going to be, you know, closer to a bottom tier team. But I don't know, it's, it's hard to gauge when you just rip off their MVP, their captain, and you replace them with a part-time guy, essentially. So, I mean, naturally, it's just, it's going to take a lot. I think they're just going to need career years out of their big three. And, and, you know, Cam wasn't there all that much last year. So he's someone that's going to have to be there. He's a huge player for them. I can't believe you called them a big three. I, I'm, I'm humbled that you would, <laughs> you would refer to them as, as a big three. Let's, let's keep it as the core three. That's at you least know. realistic. <laughs> Jonathan, you know. any thoughts on the Hanks and their, their chances? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to need some help. They're, they need all their players to take a leap. DJ is, is probably their best player. He needs to become like an MVP quality player. Miller needs to keep up what he was showing at the end of last season. He was becoming a pretty solid hitter and he's okay on the mound. He throws a little hard personally, but I mean, if people aren't going to call it out, then he can get away with it. And Cam needs to actually care about playing. I don't think, you know, it's a, a high priority for him. He's kind of shows up, um, you know, as a body, not not necessarily like excited to just like come and play with a ball. And they just all need to take a leap. They need to take the leap. They're they're young. You know, they're there. If you did the uh, average age, they're probably the youngest team in the league besides the expansion team. But they're not in the league yet. So, you know, let's see if they take another leap They They got a young they got some young Jans. All right. So quite simply, the Hanks suck. They're awful now. Like, <laughs> Look at this, this showman. Duke. Look at this showman. Fuck Duke. <laughs> this, this team is horrible. This team will not see any lick of the playoffs whatsoever. Impossible for them to make the playoffs, okay? Cam doesn't give a flying shit about Wiffle Ball or the WBL. He's going to show up. He's going to talk about how much alcohol he drank the night before. And he's going to strike out three times and throw straight pitches at the strike zone. Okay. DJ ain't going to say a fucking word and be a decent talent, decent to solid talent. I'll give him that. Miller's going to come and be a one, two pitch. Andy, you throw a 99 on the black and swinging out of shoes, hitting pop-ups that the wind isn't going in his favor. So the Hanks are screwed because James Daly on one and a half legs, ain't saving this team. And, and I, it's not even adding in the fact that James ain't even showing up every week for this team. The fact that they've already reached out to other part-time free agents, because I'm sure we're going to have a lengthy discussion on part-time free agents. That'll be a later. But uh, this team uh, is it, fucked. All right. Well, I don't want to talk about my former team too, too, too much here. But I, <laughs> they're definitely – uh, in a Homer. interesting spot. 
to say the least. I don't think they're screwed by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it is certainly an uphill battle for them. You're uh, Hank dreaming. Dog. You because, are dreaming, my friend. Because, like Jonathan and Diaz said, they are going to need career years out of their core three. Not only is Cam going to have to show up, he's going to have to be better than he's ever had. And that's a tall ask for him just to show up on a consistent basis. And that's probably not going to be happening in the first half because he's still at college. Then you've got Miller. Miller showed that he can hit for power, not necessarily for a great average. If he can cut down on his strikeouts and raise that OBP, that batting average, and become one of the best hitters in the league, then yeah, maybe the Hanks can keep up that hitting lineup that they had last year, even without me. But that's asking a lot out of Miller when he led the league in strikeouts last year. And then you get DJ. He wasn't. He was a good all-around hitter and a and a very good to great pitcher last year. But he's going to have to take an even better leap, another leap forward, and raise his game to be not only a solid all-around hitter. He's going to have to be a great hitter for that team. He's going to have to hit for power, and he's going to have to hit for contact, and he's going to have to <laughs> get on base. Uh, on a very consistent basis and then james or whoever their part-timer whoever ends up being their most consistent fourth uh is gonna have to contribute something to this team whether it's hitting pitching or a little bit of both they've got to get more than just something it's got to be contribution they they need a contribution from that fourth player because they just don't have the top and star on their team anymore plain and simple so we can move on to another team, and that would be the Dominican Republic Snowflakes, huh. uh, captained by Zach Lacey. They are bringing back their full roster for this year. So the question I will pose to you for the uh, for the the Snowflakes rather is how can the Snowflakes recover from last season's championship heartbreak? I know they're bringing back their full complement of players. They've got the most improved award winner last year in Billy Campbell. You've got gold glove winner in Mark Latafe and a perennial MVP, Cy Young candidate in Zach. So how do the, how do the snowflakes bounce back and get back to the ship and take it all? I mean, all, all they got to do is just do what they did last year. Not much has changed to this team. The only thing that's changed for this team is Dan Roche is now whipped. So, I, I mean, you, I don't know how that will affect his play or his availability. I mean, uh, who knows? But uh, this whole team's come back, and I don't expect them to play any differently. Uh, they just got to do the same thing they did last year, and they'll find themselves in a prime spot to get back to the championship. I, there's no kidding that they're the top favored team going into the season, and they should be. Um, they're pretty well balanced. They're by no means no juggernaut, but they uh, they spread themselves out pretty well. And it's just going to be a matter of them being able to show up and play. I mean, th- that's going to be a theme for every team in the league, uh, showing up and playing. Because, you know, if the recent weeks have shown us anything, it's that availability is going to be the best ability this year. Yeah, I, I agree largely with what Nick said. I mean, you know, they just can't they just can't have too much drop off, I think, from their overall performance. Like I think again, you know, hitting was up across the board, but you know, again, 
you know, th they're going to need to be able to cover up any of their holes pitching wise, which they're, they were able to do last year and then hitting, you know, again, they have, you know, their whole team is, I would say competent at hitting, at, you know, at the least. And as long as they can yeah. build on that again, I, you know, I could see them being one of those teams that, you know, is right there to get a playoff spot after the first half. And if they do, you know, how do they perform in the second half? And, you know, would that be, you know, a, a case where they don't take the regular season too seriously if they already have a spot going into the second half? And then how does that affect their playoff run? Like, I, I think about those kinds of things with this new format that we have now. Um, are they a team that will just kind of coast along until the games, quote unquote, really matter? Um, but I don't know. I, I just think that as long as they don't drop off too much, they'll be right there. And I don't see why they would drop off. Yeah, they just they got to keep the same um, pitching up as they did last year because they got a good pitcher in Zach. They got an okay pitcher in Merguiz. And then historically, DR and Billy have been like towards the bottom of the league in pitching. And DR pitched pretty well last year, and Billy didn't pitch, you know, he wasn't horrific, horrific. No, no, you can say it. he was horrific. He had the third worst ERA in the league. Well, DR, <laughs> DR and Marcus pitched better than I think people expected last season relative to how they had played in the past. So if they can keep that up, then they have a good shot. But if DR and Marcus revert back to the mean that they had, you know, in, in, in previous seasons other than last season, then they could be in some trouble. You know, they could be, Especially in the first half, they could be struggling to get that two spot potentially. Are you but, sure that Dr. and Marcus didn't weren't a part of the large part of the league that just all pitched horribly? Well, last year, I mean, Dr.'s they pitched ERA, better than us. Well, well as a did, team, like, yes. Dr.'s ERA last year was six point five six. That's now, just that's just well, around some of us. Well, yeah, I mean, so I mean, you you laugh, but yours, Nick, was seven point eight six. I'm very aware. So, I mean, <laughs> bro, when you have Zach and like, it's like it's he's their third pitcher. So, like, if he does that, that's that's good for them. Well, no, he was by far and away their number one. Zach was his ERA last year in the team format was four point two four. No, only only three or four other people had a better ERA than Zach. That would be, and we'll get into these guys Thank more. You. That would be Alec, that would be Matt, and that would be DJ. Those were the only three who had better ERAs than Zach last year. So I'm maybe... I'm just saying, like, just because like we like we were awful. So just because he was slightly better than us doesn't mean he had like an okay DC. He was bad. He was bad, just like the rest of us were. There were only very, very few people that weren't bad last year at on the mound. I mean, I feel like you're saying that because historically pitching has dominated the fa the past few years, and yeah. you're used to seeing ERAs in the ones, twos, and threes, and anyone that had an ERA in the four or above was just god awful, mm -hmm. and and so you're just accustomed to that. And now that you see one of the top pitchers in the league, a top four pitcher has a four ERA, and you think that he had a down year, like. Let me let me like clarify that. What I what I mean by that is, yes, he doesn't he didn't pitch as well as he had in the past. I will give you that, but he was still 
far and away one of the best pitchers in the league, even though his win-loss and his ERA may not say so. We're talking about Dan Roach? No, I've been talking about Zach. I don't know. Yeah, Jonathan was talking about DR. Yeah, but DR DR being in the six is, again, that's – if he's their, like, third worst pitcher – Yes, this is what I'm saying. It's pretty solid. That I mean, okay, I guess expectations on dude. Do you not understand? He would have been the number one on our team last year if he was the number three. That's not the point, bro. I know we we were like really bad, like we were like bottom of the barrel bad pitching. That does like you're you're still acting like he had like a good year. Just comparatively to the rest of the ERAs, bro. Like we're using the sample size from last year. Nah, I, I, I just disagree. I just disagree in this. All right, Dan, I don't why, don't you, why don't you tell us about what the snowflake's got to do to get back to the playoffs? Yeah, please answer the question. I already did. DR doesn't need to pitch like any better than he did last year for them to get back there. That's not my point. I'm just saying he didn't pitch great last year. And you said oh. that him and Merguiz did. Who did? Jonathan did. They pitched better relatively to a lot of other people in the league where they had been before. Bro, not by that much. An ERA in the six compared to guys who had ERAs in the seven and eight. Like, that's not that big of a job. Yeah, but do you not understand when he is the third guy that makes a difference than if he's the one guy? I'm not talking about where he is on the team. Let's put it this way. The Snowflakes had three of the top six pitchers in ERA last year. Zach was four, Marcus was five, and DR was six. So, yeah, what Jonathan is saying is totally correct. They're, they had – their number three was essentially – could have been other teams' number one, or essentially yours, too. Um, but the point is, if, if they if – they, like you're saying, Nick, if they do what they did last year and every, nobody else raises their game, then, yeah – they're going to win it all again, and they're going to be right there at least having that shot to win it all again. I don't think those two will pitch like that this year. Well, I mean, I, I agree. Marcus is one of those pitchers where it doesn't really feel like he's that talented of a pitcher, but he always ends up putting up sneaky, decent, sneaky, good stat lines on the mound. I almost and- wonder if he takes advantage of you know my favorite, my new best friend in the WBL, the wind. And he recognizes when the wind is in his favor and he just throws pitches to get guys to pop up a lot. Well, then he's smarter than you need some advanced analytics. Regardless. I mean, Dan Roach has the stuff, the potential to like, to be an upper echelon pitcher. He just has no idea really where it's going. If he can get more consistently with that, that's another guy that could take a step up. Well, now, I would, now, now you're going to make me say it. Now you're going to make me say it. When DR is on, he's right up there with Ryan and Zach. Randy. <laughs> some would say that. Some, some may or may not have said that. Um, but realistically, I think it comes down to two things for the Snowflakes. You need Zach to get back to MVP form, not only as an overall hitter, but as a power hitter. He, uh, He's his power numbers the last two seasons have been uh, below his standards. I would say if, if he can get that, that power swing going again and be the guy that is consistently driving in runs, putting balls over the fence, that's going to elevate the snowflakes chances of getting back and winning it all. 
And then, I mean, if Billy Campbell can provide any sort of improvement on the mound and, and keep up his hot end of 2020, if he can carry that over into 2021 and keep like a three to four deep lineup going in effect for that team, they're going to be a tough beat each in every series they play. It's fair bet. So let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the RCCs, the canned coochies. This team has some questions ahead of them for sure. They are bringing back their full roster this year, but the, uh, the reigning Cy Young winner, Matt Cunningham, will be departing the team midseason, uh, sort of pulling a me and moving to Florida midseason. Uh, so they will be losing their Cy Young winner uh, go for the second half. Uh, if they make the playoffs, uh, word on the street, word, rumors uh, are that he would be back for a potential Can Coochies playoff run, but they got to get there first. So the first half will be critical for the Can Coochies. They, they really got to take advantage of having Matt while they do. So the question I'm going to pose to you guys before we talk about the team itself is what do you think that the over under is on games played in the first half for Matt Cunningham? Oh, this is, this is the biggest worry for them as a team and probably the league as a whole, at least for the captains that are trying to schedule games. I mean, the, the kid has shown before that he has passion for playing in this league, uh, but he hasn't really always followed through on the execution of that. And, you know, the past couple of weeks, he's been partying it up down in Florida having himself a fucking ball. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man, I'm not, I'm not seeing the engagement as much in the, in the league chat and, and, you know, just trying to get people to play some spring training or anything like that. I haven't heard a lick about spring training in almost a month. So I don't know. Is the dedication there anymore or did he leave it in Florida? I don't know. I will put the over under for games uh, that he plays in the first half at 12 and a half. That will be my over-under. So that would be four series, and then he would miss two series. If he plays five or, or their six series, then he would hit the over. Um, so that's what I would put the over-under on for him at the moment. Dan, what would you take in that scenario? I'm probably – man, it, if, if he – can translate his commitment to, to the FBL from this past year to the WBL, I'd love to go over. But, man, I got to think that, you know, we're on so, sort of a time schedule with him. Things could get a little dicey. I feel more comfortable taking the under there. See, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I want think. to. I, but I am actually going to take the over just because this, this could be his last run uh, as a WBL player. Who knows when he'll get another crack at it uh, outside of a potential playoff run at the end of the season. So I think he's going to want to be there. Uh, and I think ultimately he's going to show that he wants to be there and do what he can to be there for his team as much as possible in the first half. I think, Maybe he misses one series or maybe even two because something happens, but I think he's going to be there more often than not knowing that this, this is essentially it for him. Yeah. Uh, but for the first half, 
him and Alec have got to dominate on the mound because Paul and Lil Mike are not great on the mound, and that is being generous. Uh, Lil Mike shows flashes of brilliance time to time, uh, but that's about it. So they rely heavily on Alec and Matt on the mound. If one one isn't there or one isn't is just struggling, this makes that that team just is so much more susceptible because they're they're a solid hitting team. They're not they're 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 solid, but they're not top tier hitting. So they need the top tier pitching of Matt and Alec to carry them. Well, yeah, I mean, Mike and Alex strikeout. I'm sorry, not Alec. Mike and Paul strikeout numbers are what really drags down this team offensively. And so, like you said, when one of Matt or Alec doesn't show up, because last year we saw how Alec can get streaky with the bat. And I mean that in a good way. He was smacking home runs. I think he might have hit uh, four straight home runs and as many at bats in one game. And I think it was against us. It would probably be yeah. a good bet considering how we pitched last year. But I think it was. Uh, that just goes to show you that if one of these guys isn't going to show up as much for whatever reason might it be, uh, they're going to struggle like they did last year where they started, I believe, somewhat like three and nine um, when they weren't having Matt show up. And the other interesting thing with Matt is, Matt's not always been a big power guy. He usually uh, is just a main, a big base hit grabber, kind of going for those singles, trying to take Jonathan's gimmick from him. Um, so I, I would, I always wonder. You know, I was keeping an eye on that to see if, you know, if he's done playing baseball to see if he maybe tries switching up the swing, because I've heard him cite uh, trying to keep his technique, his baseball swing in and not try and mess it up when he's playing with us in the WBL. It'd be interesting to see if he dishes that and really tries to put some power into his swing and send some balls over the fence instead of playing for a little more contact. I mean, he had the second best batting average last year. Granted, it's small sample size, seven games. Uh, so you take that for how you will. But yeah, he only had seven home runs in seven games. I mean, that's averaging one a game, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Not going to lie. But when you've got the others uh, that are averaging similar numbers to themselves. Uh, plenty of other, we had plenty of other people average about a home, a home runner game. So he's, he, if he played a full season, I think you would see the power translate. I think it's mm. what gets lost is you just don't see him enough to really appreciate that. Not only does he hit for contact, but yeah, he will get those home runs in. It's just, he doesn't play enough for you to really recognize that and realize that at times. That's fair enough. I can agree with that. But we'll, let's let's talk real quick about their outlook. Uh, I know they finished dead last in the standings in 2020, and that was more or less due to the fact that Matt kind of left them hanging uh, attendance-wise. They were five and two with Matt, but they were one and eight without him. Uh, so you could see those kind of splits again, uh, but in the first half and in the second half. Uh, so should the RCCs be taken seriously once Matt leaves? No, no. When he leaves, they shouldn't be taken seriously. They gotta, they gotta make the playoffs in the first half. Because once they leave, I don't know who they're gonna add if they're even gonna add someone. Um, but Mike and Paul are just Mike is who he is, and Paul is 
if you were to rank people, he's probably in like the bottom tier as well. So no, I if, if once Matt leaves for a second half of this season, they uh, I I envision them right there with the Hanks, honestly. Yeah, same here. I not knowing really who is going to come in for his spot, and knowing their record without him. Yeah, I don't see how they could be taken seriously um, without a competent replacement because Matt Matt has shown, you know, they they needed him and they did everything they could to make sure that they had him for the end of last year, understandably, but it goes to show. They, they know his value too. They know without him, they're not much of a complete squad. Yeah, I mean, um, the good news for them in the first half of the season – is that they they won't come in last because the Hanks fucking blow. So they will come in last in the first half of the season. Uh, the bad news is the second half of the season, they're in danger and come in last. Uh, that's going to be a tankathon. Draft picks are going to be uh, screamed to the rooftops between the Hanks and uh, the RCCs about who's going to tank harder for that number one draft pick that does not exist. Uh, and it's going to end up being probably a two horse race. And then in the second half season, the real wild card X factor is going to be the new expansion team of young Johns joining the league. But um, if, if they, if they don't clinch their playoff spot in the first half of the year, they're done. They're not clinching a spot in the second half and, ne- and neither will the Hanks. So, I mean, potentially three spots to clinch in the, uh, in the second half and the Hanks and in, in the Hanks in the Coochies will not be a part of that. So let's get into that expansion team. Then you are convinced that they are automatically better than the Hanks and they automatically will be better than the can Coochies in the second half without Matt. Well, um, let me, can I say this? Yeah. If, if the expansion team isn't better than the Hanks or the RCCs in the second half, then the bums and the snowflakes are going to be licking their chops. <laughs> it's going to be a two horse race all year long. I, I, that, that may be the case, but I wouldn't bank on the, on the, I wouldn't count the expansion team to be great. I wouldn't count on them to be terrible. I think they'll be somewhere in the middle trying to figure it out as they go. Um, they might get off to a slow start just while they're getting accustomed to league play. But I think uh, once once they get into the flow of things, they should find their sort of groove. And they, I think they'll slot in somewhere in the middle. I, I think fin- a top fin- top spot finish is, is too high for them. But I don't think they'll finish at the bottom either. I think two to four is probably their range in the second half. Um, but – I, I just I think it's too soon to really throw any actual judgment and throw any sort of uh, consensus on where they really will finish. I mean, uh, I could be I could be dead wrong for all I know because we've never seen any of them play. We don't know how we all we know is they're high schoolers with baseball backgrounds, so they that could translate very nicely, to or or the, or it could translate not very well. We don't know, so. They're, they are, like you said, Nick, a complete wild card coming into the second half. And it could, it could really be a, a, a shakeup of sorts. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, that even if they are an average team, I still think that slots them in at least third, 
average is going to be better than the Hanks and the Coochies in the second half. We'll see. So let's let's move on to you guys now. Mm-hmm. I'll let you guys speak a little bit first about where you guys see yourselves. But the question I will pose to you is: <laughs> Will the bums be able to bounce back on the mound after such a pitiful 2020 pitching performance? So, as the captain, I will speak first on behalf of my team, and then let the uh, let the rest of my supporting cast help me out, as we we, we will do in games. Supporting as well. cast, yeah. Every team needs a supporting. They're below cast. you. They're not below me. Every movie <laughs> needs a cast. <laughs> Here we go, dude. It's uh, it's, like, it's the classic gossip uh, MLB source gossipers. I'm Trevor Bauer. Uh, spin zone. Spin zone. <laughs> Oh, the way Ryan perked up when you said that. Oh, my God. Nonetheless, um, we are um, we are feeling we're feeling very, very good. Um, I think we are absolutely bouncing back because, quite frankly, uh, I don't think it could get worse. Um, Last year was horrible on the mound. Uh, Everybody struggled. We avoided pitching Jonathan because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even – I think about it now. I don't know why we avoided pitching him so much because it's not like Dan and I were doing any better on the mound. Um, so, I mean, I think we're coming in with a better mindset. We're preparing more. We've been doing the most off-season work I think any team in the WBLFBL has ever done in the history of this league. Um, we're really trying to reinvent ourselves – um, so that we can make a push to win it all this year. Um, I mean, we, we, we've been practicing almost, I would say at least once or twice a week working on our stuff and just making sure that when the time comes, because we are the most, and I will let Jonathan speak further on this, but the Beanfield bums keep this league together. We are the glue without us. There is no league. <laughs> Yes, I I 100% agree with that assumption, Nick. Note it's not how, an assumption; it's a fact. Note how uh, only the Beanfield bums are are even on this uh, preview show. That's um, just how the draft worked out last year. No, it's they know we do this every year. They just choose to forget and they choose to not care to want to be on it. You if, never asked anyone. If the Beanfield bums did not exist, then the other teams would just like. They'd play like once every like three weeks, max, maybe. They'd just they just never like schedule. They'd like they just the flakes the the flakes would would be the most active. Yeah, fun. but the problem is is that they would have no like the other two teams in particular. Just you have two captains that I just they're very it, passive in their they're not ability they're not to schedule scheduling games. They don't like. I mean, the Beanfield Bums is nice that in the thing about the Bums and the Flakes is that the members of the team teams are the closest to one another. Like the Bums are close. The Flakes are like close. They have some close relationships on the team. The Hanks, I mean, you have cousins on the team, but not with the captain. They, they, I don't know if the, the Hanks have ever even any player on the Hanks have ever had a one-on-one conversation with their captain before. 
Uh, I'm going to guess no, honestly. And then with the RCCs, Mike and, and Alec have obviously had conversation before, but it's I don't think um, outside of their little chat, I don't think Paul and Alec are ever talking. I, I'm, I'm going to go on and assume that. I'm going to also assume that Alec and Matt are not talking. Well, Mike can and I, Matt can are I not butt talking. in here for a sec? Uh, you, you just sparked a memory uh, or, or kind of a little note. Um, people forget, well, Mike and Alec kind of butted heads last year. Because we know Lil oh, Mike remember that. loves to yeah. act like a captain. And so far, they're kind of acting like co-captains this year. It sounds like Alec is just letting Mike doing all the captain work and then just holding the title as captain. I respect well, it. I, I, would, I wish nothing but infighting on the opposing <laughs> teams this year. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The it worst. You are the worst. The, the thing with the snowflakes, too, is DS, you say that Snowflakes would be the most active if we weren't here. And I, I agree that's true. But at the same time, I, I'm pretty positive that three-fourths of the Snowflakes would be perfectly fine with it without playing wiffle ball over their summers. Yeah, I mean, DR now that he's whipped. DR before, I would say I would say that he would like to play occasionally. But he's DR seems to have plenty of things to do. Marcus is a known wiffle ball hater until recent memory. And Billy is just a very carefree kind of dude. He just kind of rolls with it. So, I mean, if, you know, if, if wiffle ball games were getting scheduled, he's kind of guys like, hey, you want to come play wiffle ball? He's like, hell yeah. But, like, if you don't ask him to play wiffle ball, he's not going to, like, ask you to play wiffle ball. You know uh, what I let's, mean? Let's let's kind of reel ourselves in here. We've kind of gone, gone off the deep end on a, on a real well, tangent. The deeper meaning here is yes. that the bums keep this league together. The bums <laughs> – are the most entertaining, the most must-see WBL oh team <laughs> in the entire league. Stop. And we're going to prove it to you again. This, is this, where, team, where... this team just keeps producing content, whether you Can we cut like his mic? Can we cut his... Who are you looking to? Can we cut his mic? <laughs> the wall. He's look, literally looking at the wall or the door. The, yeah, uh, cue the, the GIF guy speaking to the wall. <laughs> I mean, the bums are certainly the most entertaining and... Because they're the most toxic in-house. See, you because they're think... The but because they're the closest with each other. The yeah. other, the other yeah, teams facts. are scared to yell at Get each em. other. Get him, boy! I mean, the Snowflakes like are the second closest, so you'll see Zach kind of yell at his players. But, bro, you think DJ's yelling at Miller if he strikes out? Or, like, you think Paul's yelling at Mike if Mike drops a fly ball? No. I'm screaming at DS. DS is screaming back at me. We'll <laughs> probably end up, we'll probably oh, yeah. end up arguing about Tatum and Kemba in the outfield. Oh, yeah. 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 That's going to happen. That's, 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 that's going to distract me. Certainty. That's going to distract me. So please don't do that because I hate okay. that shit. But the point is, people think we're toxic. Bro, we just care. We're yelling at each other because we care. We want to win more than anybody else. And it just wasn't in the cards last year based off performances. But hey, we're, we're trying to put in the work and change that for this upcoming season. But yeah. again, it doesn't change the fact that we, we are we are the fire that keeps this uh, the the spark. We are everything, uh, whatever you know what I'm trying to say. All right, Dan, give me your yeah. thoughts. I just I just want to say, yeah, again, we we care a lot, and I think that's very you know indicative. We took our player search, you know, oh, pretty. <laughs> I think that you know it. It took a while to come to uh, Sato and get him in and get everything sorted there. But 
that kid has been trying to get better as much as anybody that I've seen we bring into the league, whether it's FBL, WBL. That kid has been putting in the work, driving his ass from Milton fucking, <coughs> again, at least once a week. He's been putting in the work. We've all been putting in the work uh, in all facets of the game. And does that mean we're going to win it all? No, I'm not saying that. But we're putting ourselves in the best position possible. And that's why I think that we have as good of a chance as any team in the league this year. So, yeah, I uh, mean, before you go, Ryan, I, I mean, just to hop onto that, um, what we're doing with Sato uh, in the offseason or like the preseason, whatever you want to call it. It's what we wanted to do with Berto last year, and he just wasn't into it like Sato is. You know, we wanted to get Berto to show up. We wanted to, like, get him into the WBL, like, kind of groove and get him used to how we play and, and, and just wiffle ball in general. Um, but, you know, he just wasn't into it as much, and Sato, Sato has been. And he's been making leaps and bounds ever since he first started. Um, and he kind of just started throwing balls and swinging the bat and he looked a little goofy doing it and he just looked a little uncomfortable. But, um, like I said earlier, I'm really excited to see how Sato does out there. So, so my expectations for you guys coming into this year, first, like you said, Nick, initially you, you could, you, I don't really think you can pitch much worse than you guys did last year. That was, that was one of the most incredible uh, stories of last year was you had two perennial top end pitchers that just struggled mightily on the mound and you had no depth to sort of save yourself and you refused to really let Jonathan loose to try and bail you out. Uh, maybe you'll try that this year. If, things turned out that way again on but we'll see uh, i do expect the two of you that being nick and dan to have bounced back years on the mound i just don't know to what degree uh maybe that's going from a six five or a six nine era seven eight whatever it was nice. to uh an a, a five era or a four era just maybe it's a, only a minor improvement but even if it's only a minor improvement, if you have the hitting that you guys had last year, which was, which also was not, I was not prepared for is in, in the sense of the fact that Dan stepped up in a big way and became a, a, a top, a, a very quality hitter in your lineup. Worst hitter in the league. Nick. If the three of you <laughs> are hitting that way again, then all it's going to take is the two of you bouncing back on the mound uh, in some way, shape, or form, uh, to a, enough of an extent where you're competent as a, as a pitching staff. Uh, so I think the outlook for you guys is is pretty good going into the season, especially given the the league turnover with other teams, uh, either going into this year or over the course of this season. Uh, but you've also got to prove it on the mound because if your pitching is dog shit again then your your hitting can only bail you out so many times and you'll be in the same position that you were last year where you were a nine and nine team and you'll be scrapping for a playoff spot. Um, but I, I, my belief is that you'll probably figure it out to some degree and that should put you as a, a above 500 team overall on the season. And that should, that should have you fighting 
for uh, uh, making a deep playoff run and potentially uh, competing for a championship in, in the, the finals. But we'll see. I, I don't know. I got to see the pitching before I, I really put my stake into you guys. Uh, so now that we've kind of looked into each of the teams going into this year, let's just talk about some of the rule changes going into 2021. So we've kind of changed our stealing. It's kind of modified now. We do have, we still allow leading and there is stealing, but there was a, a rule that you couldn't steal third base uh, if there was no fielder on the left side of the field. Uh, that is now not the case. You may steal third whenever uh, because now uh, a, a base runner that attempts to steal can only advance one base if a pitcher tries to pick off the ball, uh, pick them off with a pickoff attempt. So, and no other, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I'm pretty sure no other runner can advance uh, due to uh, an errant throw on a pickoff attempt. Correct. Yeah. So uh, I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Will that encourage more stealing? Will that encourage more uh, pitchers to attempt to pick off runners that are leading? Um, we'll have to see. Uh, and then, uh, so that's, that's really the big one. I don't think there's any other sort of major rule changes uh, over the course uh, coming into this year. There may be a, a start time uh, timer for teams that are, are late to the field. There may be a penalty. Uh, we're not, I'm not, that's not official yet. That's still sort of in the uh, rules committee room oh, i i thought that was official i thought everybody voted in and agreed on that nope that's still not official uh, only two people only two captains voiced their opinion so well, well you didn't you did you miss miller uh, apparently i did because i'm pretty sure he he was radio silent in that so so uh the message that i sent where i said they should sit out the entire game Alec liked it. Miller emphasized it. And Zach said, okay, that's decided. So All right, then, that's then every that's, captain. Then that's the case then. So what are your guys' thoughts on those two rules? Uh, personally, uh, since I was the one who suggested at least the sitting out portion of it. Um, Hero. Thank you. I know. I do God's work sometimes. Um, the whole idea of it was just to basically of eliminate annoyances where teams are relying on, you know, their star player or like one, well, their whole team being there. Um, it, it's essentially a punishment and we, we tested out in the FBL and it seemed to be kind of worth it. Cause it's, it's clearly that it, obvious that some people just don't take showing up on time serious enough and they should be penalized for, it because so many times we say we want to start at a certain time and oftentimes we don't. So this is just, I think, the wiffle ball's way of, of punishing teams for not showing up on time when they agree to show up at a certain time. Um, so I think, and we like, I think Ryan described to all of us over text, or at least the captains, where we had this happen before. Um, and we had, I believe it was Cam, sit out the entire game uh, until it was over and before he could join when he showed up late. So um I think it makes the most sense. It, it does, does the job without being too extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I no real qualms or issues with either rule. 
you know, it makes sense, especially if, you know, we're working on a time constraint or anything like really important that we get the games in when we have, you know, the time to do it and we're scheduling them. Um, and then the stealing one, you know, I know it was thrown around maybe, you know, canceling stealing completely, but, you know, I think this rule is a nice compromise and ultimately, you know, there's not a ton of stealing done in general. It's really one or two players and mostly Marcus, but, you know, um, I think that if pitchers are aware, take advantage of the rule, you can help put a stop to it or at least discourage from that. Because if you are, you know, alert on the mound and you know that, all right, there's no real consequence of me throwing this ball at this guy who's trying to steal a third or what have you, there's no reason not to just absolutely go for it every time. Um, the, the first rule that was mentioned about the, or the, the rule that was mentioned about um, punishing people if they're not there on time. I'm a big fan, big fan of that. The second rule blows. If there's one stolen base in the WBL, that's one more stolen base than there should be. Stealing blows. It's ridiculous. It's, it's an annoyance. I don't care what rules are put in to try to, to offset it. Stealing blows. It should have been banned out of the league years ago. It should still be banned out of the league. If there's one stolen base in the WBL this year, that's one too many. All right. Now let's kind of move on and talk about some of the, the new additions that will be taking place. So obviously we've talked about the new schedule and how the new playoff format that will go along with it. But this year, the WBL will be hosting its first ever All-Star game where there will be a player vote midseason to determine the All-Stars for this year. Each team will have at least one representative. Uh, I want to get your quick thoughts on the first ever WBL All-Star game coming to a ballpark (laughs) near you in 2021. Um, I, I hope yeah. it happens. <laughs> you don't. You don't think it's going to happen? No, in this league, it 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 might be hard to schedule. So the the <laughs> the more serious answer that Jonathan is refusing to just more clearly state is the overall concern that um, some, at least some of us here, anonymously, have with the I I would say the passion and the desire to show up on a consistent basis and like want to play on a consistent basis. So uh, it it makes you worry that, you know, something like the all-star game that has no value to the playoffs and winning the championship might just get overlooked by some guys who just might not feel like showing up. I think it's something where we would need to probably do both the all-star game and the home run derby on the same day. And that is the plan. Just so that you have both events and it's like, you make it more worth the while instead of like, Oh, come and come and play a quick all-star game. I don't know if it's still going to be three innings or we maybe make it more than three because it's an all-star. I don't know. But um, yeah, if you just had the all-star game and nothing else, it might be a little bit more harder to get like, commits but yeah throw the derby in there too and maybe a little la pizza mm-hmm. <laughs> yes bring back la pizza torno 
<laughs> bro, I love Westy, bro. Westy's the best pizza I've ever had. Oh Don't take credit card. All right, let's let's no do some let's do some quick hits. No, what's next? Before we we get into our award predictions. Oh, yes. So, real quick, is hitting back and here to stay? We saw hitting. Oh, I love this annual question. We, we saw hitting make its triumphant return last year once we switched to the team format after pitching had just started dominating. Uh, is, pit, is, is hitting here to stay? Hitting is here to stay in the summer. I do not know if hitting is going to be here to stay in April and May because what happened last year when we played is that people, Johns were so upset because the wind was blowing in in the springtime that we literally went and we played. We we're going to play at Zach Way a few times. We switched fields at a point um, to the, the other field um, because the field is uh, – excuse me, let me put on my glasses. The field is north-northeast facing, and the wind in the spring tends to blow out of the northeast, cold wind, whereas the summer wind brings the warm air from the southwest, so the balls fly out. They fly in the summertime. <sighs> So the hitting is back in the summer. We know that because it's a wind-friendly field in the summer. When you got that cold spring wind coming in off the water, then it's a it's a pitcher-friendly, and that's what it will be in April and May. But overall, hitting will be back once again for the majority of the season. All so right, thanks, wear your thanks glasses, aviation bro. aviation meteorologist Jonathan Sullivan with us. <laughs> Uh, Yo, you know, Jonathan loves looking at the the wind before uh, before we play, yeah. though. I'm a Dan, stan. Dan, let's get your thoughts. Is hitting here to stay? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, it might not be as here in the spring, but yeah, I I think that especially with anybody that's newer in the league that's coming in, um, where they're gonna have to be on the mound here and there. Um, but not just that, we all know each other and we see each other, you know, every summer. And I just think unless other people are changing up some stuff too, because I know the bums have been trying to mix things up a little bit on the mound, um, just from practice, you know, that's all I've heard from uh, sources and scouts. But um, Feel I, think that, I think that, uh, no, I think hitting's here to stay, just mainly, you know, People know each other's pitching fairly well. The rules kind of, you know, lend itself to, um, you know, the batter. Uh, may maybe not walks and OBP, but hitting and that kind of shit. Yeah, I don't think ERAs are going to be plummeting or anything like that this year. Yeah, so the thing I've been preaching um, about this, this annual question, um, at least as of late, is – it's the repetitiveness when you're playing the same team three times in a row, three innings per game. So you, you got nine innings and you're seeing the same group of three or four pitchers. That's why getting four guys to show up so you can mix around how often you pitch your players is going to be so important. And I think it was one of the downfalls for us uh, personally last year, because without Berto, who pretty much ditched us for the entire regular season, uh, we were stuck with three guys and for some reason we have the mindset of avoiding having to pitch Jonathan other than one inning. So, I mean, that that's four innings for DS and I to pitch every three game series. 
So in addition to just being a part of the league for so long that people kind of know your repertoire by now, um, you're, you're getting so many live at bats that you just kind of get comfortable in the box and you're able to just hit guys. And it's really tough to mix up your stuff and throw it accurately for strikes. Um, so for that reason, um, it, maybe it's not a crazy amount, but hitting is definitely going to be more here than not here, if you know what I'm saying. So it's, uh, it's just going to be a matter of uh, really how Mother Nature decides the, to play the wind, um, how hard the wind blows, and uh, how well guys execute, and how well, at least we specifically as a team, mix things up. I tend to agree. I think there is a bigger learning curve to be had on the mound than there is at the plate. So I think inevitably hitting usually figures it out quicker than pitching does. So I would tend to agree with that. All right, real quick, because I, I do want to get to our award predictions. Uh, so I want one word answers. Just answer the question straight up. So who is the favorite to win it all coming into 2021? Nick, go. Bums. Jonathan. Bums. Dan, if you say it. Bums. That, uh, <laughs> this is the worst. Let's go, baby. All, All right. right. Well, I, no, 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 no. You fucked up. You fucked up. No, don't say right, a different done. answer, DS. No, Are you we're kidding done. me? Why would you we're, even we're think about on. changing your no, mind? Are we're you moving insane? on. No, we're moving on. All right, last question. I want, I want who will qualify for the playoffs this year? Rattle off the playoff teams. You could say all of them, or you can say three of them. Go. Dan, the snowflakes? Jonathan, oh, go ahead. The snowflakes, the bums, and the RCCs, and the expansion team. I have the same answer. Uh, I'm going to go with the Snowflakes, the Bums, and the Coochies. No expansion team love for BS. Tough scene. <laughs> Tough scene, kiddos. All right. So that's going to do it kids. there. So let's go into our award predictions. It's what we're here for, realistically, the yearly oh. extravaganza. But, but before we do, I want to drop some stat tidbits from last year. So only two people saw their batting average decrease from 2019 to 2020. And that was Marcus and Cam. Everyone else in the league saw their hitting, their batting average increase last year. So that is just how dramatic the hitting uh, surge was last year. And then pitching, there were only two pitchers who actually improved their ERA from 2019 to 2020. That would be Dan Roach and Matt Cunningham. So very much hitting took precedent over pitching last year. And finally, a couple other tidbits. Zach led the league in both saves and losses on the mound. So that, that was... That was an interesting uh, – I don't think there's a correlation there, but that was that was an interesting, interesting tidbit I pulled up. And then uh, I 
tied for the most errors in the league. So uh, shout out to me for having a dog shit year in the field last year. Yeah, people don't talk about it enough. You dropped a lot of balls, dude. Like low, low key, like so low key. Yeah, you know, I, I made some really great plays at times, and then I, I dropped some straight up pop flies. It was times. like you were a boomer bust fielder. I mean, Neither that's an inflated that's an, uh, an inflated number though, because you're you're always at the spot where they're gonna hit it the most. So like, yeah, funny. Whereas you get guys like Marcus that just sit in one position and they don't field any other position on the field. Whoa, that's a gold glover whoa, you're talking whoa. about. But he's a gold glover. But he's a gold glover. <laughs> but he's a gold glover. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's a gold glover. He he makes all the plays in one you're, position. You're not allowed to say that. Oh, sorry. 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 Can't my bad. That. I'm I'm sure somebody else does better. That's sorry. Definitely not me. All righty. Let's get into the awards predictions. First, we're going to start with the regular season champion. So this will be who we think the team with the the best overall record will be. So last year, because we did captains and teams, uh, Alec was the first, uh, was the captain's regular season champion. Uh, for the first time. And then the snowflakes were the top seed overall last year in the playoffs. So Jonathan, I will start with you. Who will be the regular season champion, the team with the best overall record in 2021? The bombs. Okay. Dan. I mean, I'm dead serious. The bombs, bro. The bombs. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. It's objective. <laughs> Nick, go ahead. Oh, he's the motherfucking Beanfield bums will have the best record and right. be the regular season champions. I think I'm Listen, gonna have to. I think I'm hey, gonna have to hey, do my own hey. preview show so that's completely well, unbiased. Well, you maybe you should have thought about that. Maybe you shouldn't have invited the three fucking people who are on the same team and but believe in their team's uh, success this year, bro. You gotta understand. Like, we feel a certain way for a reason, though. Like, it's but not. Can like we? Just- can we? Can we agree on one thing? There's only one other team that's even possibly in contention for this, right? Yes. The yeah, only flakes. the only way is is the you could make an argument for the RCCs is if Matt wasn't leaving. Yeah. Um, but, but he's he's he, he gone gone. He, he's leaving. Yeah, yeah, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. He'll definitely be gone. All right. That so was... uh, <laughs> being the only realist here in the chat, I am Run it, picking the snowflakes to run it back as regular season dog. champions. Dog, literal dog. Yeah, real. All right, moving on to the home run champion. Uh, I was the home run champion last year for the second time. Uh, Nick and Zach were have been previous winners, and it's interesting of note that Jonathan and Dan have correctly predicted the home run champ the last two years. So we'll save their answers for last. Nick, let's give your dog shit answer first. Who's nah. the home run champion? Hey, you know, ask ask Nicky if oh, Nicky. Ask Nicky if he's on the juice, bro. He loves talking to his fans. His fans. <laughs> give me that shit, baby. And it's not even a wrong answer. I mean, I'm a past winner, bro. Um I I with you gone, I couldn't be more confident in uh my chances at taking home the home run crown this year. So um 
I got my eyes on the prize. I want a championship over anything else. If I got to stop hitting home runs to win a championship, so be it. But I think uh, we win a championship because I hit home runs. And uh, that's that's my confidence. Spiel. Oh, because I. Hmm. Hmm. I. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Nice try. Spin zone. Uh, I, for me, I think it'll come down to you, Nick, and Miller and Zach. I think I don't think Miller's home run surge last year was a total fluke. I think he'll be in the conversation. Maybe he won't be right there with you and Zach, but I think he I think his power numbers are, are fairly legit. I, I just I, think he's going to start to get respect around the league a little more and get pitched a little differently. I, and that's what I'm curious to see is, is can he hit without me in that lineup to sort of protect him a little bit? But the thing is, I hit leadoff and he was hitting third. Uh, so in a, some, some, sometimes I was there to uh, protect him as next up in the lineup. Yeah, other but, games I wasn't. So when a lot of teams facing you, what they would, it would just try and not give up a home run to Ryan and then attack Miller. If Miller's showcasing his power this year, it might well, be less of an attack to Miller. And well, that they, was they the might, thing. He didn't pose other people. But here's the thing, Nick, he didn't hit second. They had to go to DJ next, then Miller. Yeah. So, but it was really just getting around the lineup to getting around you to attack everybody else. So if Miller's going to be the big power guy and you're bringing in a third guy like James, you're going to maybe maybe you'll pitch around Miller a little bit and you'll try to pitch perhaps because uh, DJ has shown lesser power and James went, doesn't swing a bat. So I, I, I would pitch to him pretty confidently. So that's all I'm saying is it, well, you, you might get pitched differently. The bat. Well, this is true, but I'm just guessing. Oh, okay. Assuming good, good. Uh, ultimately I do think Nick, you will be the home run champion this year uh, champ. To, to make it three times. Uh, but I think it'll come down to you and Zach. I think it'll be neck and neck. I do like you though. Thanks. Yeah, I like I like Nick as the home run champ too. Not that I don't think Zach will see an increase in power, because like you said, Ryan, you know he has dipped a bit in terms of uh, his overall power numbers. I feel like you know um, I don't have them in front of me, but you know just based off my memory, like he hasn't been quite parking as many balls as he usually does well in in 2020 i mean everyone just struggled at the plate but there was no greater apparent struggle than with zach i mean he didn't even hit double digit home runs on the season which was by far the most shocking thing that come out of that season uh in uh 2019 rather uh 2020 i mean the power numbers were better but they still weren't really there i mean for me to hit twice as many home runs as him that still like doesn't feel right. That it right. feels like over the years, me and him were always neck and neck. Nick entered the equation and was right there with us. And then all of a sudden the power just just vanished for, for Zach. And we started to see him sort of get it back together. Last year, uh, he hit 19, which was good for fourth in the league in the home run race. But that's still fourth is not where he's used to being. He's used to being top two at worst, top three. Um, and he just a little down here. Yeah. So we'll see. Continue though. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Nick, again, I think he's going to be able to clean up, especially on any of the newer pitchers. I think Nick is going to take an advantage. And of course, man, I've just been, I've been seeing this kid in practice. 
Oh man, this kid's already feeling himself. Look at this kid put one on my motherfucking roof, Ryan. We haven't seen that since the tennis ball era. All right, just keep buttering him up, Jonathan. Go ahead. Well, it, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious that the home run race is going to be it's going to be a two John race between Nick, obviously, and myself, obviously, for the home run champ. Um, Potter's. Whoa! 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 Repeat that for the breaking moves. Hold of course. Me? Yeah. Repeat what you just said. I said obviously it's going to be a two-horse race for the home run champ. It's going to be Nick, obviously, and then second is pretty obvious too. It's myself for the for the home run crown. We're going to be going. What's the big deal? I feel like this we're going to be going is... back to back a lot. Yeah, this, this is pretty season. poggers. Um, but I, I I will defer to Nick. Nick's got better power than I do. Um, I'm I am a bit more of a contact hitter. Uh, you can you can say more. You don't have to say so, a bit. Don't 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 put yourself down. You're a better contact hitter. So I I will um it will be a clean sweep. Uh, Nick Nick is the projected home run champ this year. Bro, race respect. Love you, man. I'm rooting for you this year, though. Thank you. All I'll right. say this: I'm not trying to hit more home runs. I just, just oh, think you it's just gonna think have, it's going to work gonna... out conveniently that way. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you don't try to hit home runs, you yeah. end up hitting more home runs. You yeah, know how it is. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Baxter Award. If you guys have any sort of guess as to who will walk out with the Baxter Award, uh, <laughs> I would love to hear it. Uh, last year, we had a three-way tie for the first ever Baxter Award winner which is essentially the hustle award for the league. Uh, and it went to Paul Miller and Lil Mike. Uh, I'll go first. I think Billy will somehow end up with this. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I think, I think Billy will, especially if he, you know, continues his, you know, hot streak that he ended on last year. Um, Cause he tries, you know, and he's a good glue guy to have on the team. You know, he's a good locker room guy. And, you know, I could see him, you know, taking that unless we have another co fucking Baxter award again. I'll, uh, my prediction for the Baxter award is Zach, Zach Sato. Yeah, that's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so when the Baxter award, uh, Nick, Nick says that he's kind of like a, a little bit of clumsy, like kind of like a newborn fawn. Um, so, I did not compare him to a newborn fawn. I, I envision okay. I, I envision he will be playing the outfield for us. Uh, no, no spoilers there. Uh, he will be playing the outfield. I envision him like trying to rob home runs. Uh, and I, I envision him like running, running into the fence. Um, like maybe once or twice. And I think like running into the fence like at a relatively high speed is is a good preface it for you winning the Baxter award because you're giving your effort yeah. when you're bruising your rib cage <laughs> on that yellow uh the thing yellow that covers the fence yeah i'm gonna <laughs> piggyback off that i'm going with uh my guy sato as well he like uh, yeah he's a bit clumsy at times he sometimes lacks the awareness of where he is at the current moment but he's a guy who always gives you 150 million percent on every play He's going to give you everything. He reminds me of Birdo in the FBL laying out for every ball that he can, uh, putting his body on the line. I mean, that's just that's just what Sato is. He's, he's a great guy to have in the locker room. 
um, keeps the spirits up. And, uh, it, it, you know, um, I just got to ride with my guys. I mean, that's the theme of the theme of the show. I'm riding with my guys this year. Mm, yeah. Weird. Jonathan and Nick have yet to pick somebody not on their team. Let it be known. Let it be known. Um, a certain captain for a team in the FBL refused to vote for anyone that wasn't on his team for the award. So like, it's not yeah. the president. Has what a dog before. that person probably was. That's different. That's the actual vote. These are our actual predictions. Well, these are what I actually think are going to happen. Uh, I don't believe that. I do not believe you. You're telling us what to believe. That's kind of weird champ. Mm, yeah. That's that's way to spin zone that one. Good. No, you're All right. Mm. World W's. <laughs> so this year, last year, the rookie of the year did not exist as we didn't have enough new players in the league this year with the expansion team and with James Daly and Zach Sato, the rookie of the year award will be returning. Uh, obviously James and Zach Sato should have an advantage in that they will be on rosters and playing from day one. Uh, but so I, I guess the question for rookie of the year is, will it be James? Will it be Sato or will it be one of the players on the expansion team? I will say, sorry, I I will say Sato because I know that I I just, I I know that, what what do you want me to say? I don't know any of these Johns on the expansion team, okay? I don't know who they are. I don't even know any of their names. I've never seen any of their faces in my life. That's Cap. You've literally met James Daly on several occasions. Okay, no, I know. He's different, but I just... He, uh, oh, you're, you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me sato's been putting in work okay week by week by week this kid sato has been brick. grinding he's got he's a big salt, bum salt of the this earth. kid's tatted salt up he's big this kid look out okay because big yeah yeah he's a big dude he's got right? a big dick i and you know what he will clear james in the stack category not by a Same little deal. not by a little by a large margin, he will be far and away. And I like James. Good guy. Great dude. Married man. He's a husband. Husband, Yes. But, um, <laughs> but Sato has been putting in the fucking work. This kid wants to be good and he wants to play. He has passion for the game. I don't know that about James and I've never seen James swing a bat. And I know he's a little banged up. You know, he's got a bum knee. I, Hey, I've been there. So I, I got to go with Sato here. I'm not, th- that is a, as objective as I can possibly be. That's why we to, keep DS in the shade. To show you how yeah. simply unbiased I am um, for this show, I will not be going with Zach Sato for rookie of the year. I will go with whoever or whomever is the best player on the expansion team will be my pick for rookie of the year. Just I simply see. because they'll be the best player on a team. Sato won't be the best player on our team. James, I don't think it will be better than DJ on his team. You'll someone is going to have to if if the expansion team is going to win games, someone is going to have to perform very well on their team, and that person um, would be my pick for rookie of the year. I agree. I agree with that. So Nick, go ahead. Yeah, to show you, I don't give a give a hoot about your biases. I'm picking Sato to win rookie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> wow enough said all right 
Jeez, that's just that's uh, that's that's amazing. I at least I gave you a reason, Ryan. Or you want me to repeat all the reasons you just no, said, bro? No, yeah. absolutely not. The only yeah, thing do. I will add is listen. That... He's big. He's got passion. He loves the game. He's been putting in the work week to week. Salt of the Love earth. my guy. Salt of the earth, brick by brick. Love my guy. Let's go. In 2019, uh, Nick and Dan uh, predicted the rookie of the year correctly, and it's only a year of ex- in it's only a year of existence. So maybe they're on that. Bet, 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 bet. <laughs> maybe. All right, moving on to fielding awards. We'll start with the doo-doo glove. Uh, that goes to the worst fielder in the league. Last year, that was Miller. Nick and Jonathan are proud uh, former winners, former recipients of this award. Uh, they wear it as a badge of honor, I'm sure. Uh, this year, uh, my prediction for doo-doo glove, it has to be Lil Mike, right? It, 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 it has to be Lil Mike. It, it can't be the, Ryan the, because he doesn't play in positions where he's going to no, field balls. He's one of the worst fielders in the league. No offense. He is take offense. And the fact that somehow, some way we've gone three years of doo-doo glove voting and Lil Mike has not yet been voted worst fielder in the league. That's kind of shocking. You know what it is, Ryan is because it's not fun to give the doo-doo glove to somebody who's actually just awful in the field. <laughs> it's more entertaining to give it to somebody who's actually good in the field and made a couple of errors that showed up in the stat sheet and they were honest about him instead of lying. Ooh, are you talking about yourself there, champ? I did not lie about my errors. That's why I'm always top of the league in errors. Check my stats. Don't want to hear it. Next. Who's wow. your pick? Who's your pick, Nick? Yeah, who's your um, pick? Who's my your pick, pick my pick is going to be whoever plays infield for the Hanks. No, I need a name. Okay, fine. I'll predict who's going to play infield for the Hanks. Um, ah, that's – I will say Miller. Yeah, <laughs> back, back to back. He's going back to back. Um, I'll go with – I'll go with DR. He freaking blows in the field. I don't care what anyone says. He he blows. You ever see Dr. try to catch a fly ball? Oh my god! Looks <laughs> yeah, like he's like look, blind. I'll I'll, I'll get votes. Legitimately, I'll, looks like a chicken. I'll, he throws his hands ball. up in the air, and it's it just it's it's tough. I'll, I'll get a few votes for Doo Doo Glove. Because, oh, I will too. Because it just people just they, you know, a certain team I think is jealous of how much the bums you know are beloved throughout the other the other teams in the league. They they love the toxicity of the bums, but Funny. like. I'll get votes, but I'll tell you this. Nick knows it. DS knows it. My field last year, average. And that's a godsend for us. <laughs> I mean, you did show improvement last year. I will 100% give you that. Yeah, give him no the respect, bro. No doubt about it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's my guy. That's my All teammate. Right, we're, we're moving on to gold glove. Uh, like doo-doo glove, it's only existed for three years. But in the case of Gold Glove, uh, this league has this ridiculous agenda and bias to only give it to Marcus as Marcus weeped and cried for it to be in existence so that he could win an award. Uh, and so he has been handed it three years in a row. Uh, not going to sugarcoat that because I'm not saying he's not one of the best feelers in the league, but he clearly only plays one spot in the field and one spot only, which in my opinion, uh, takes away from uh, his candidacy for this award. 
to but each. I will start with you, Dan. Who is going to be gold glove wearer? So the easy pick would be to go with Marcus again, but I think there is going to be finally voter fatigue there. Um, so gold glove, you know, again, it, it kind of depends if he shows up enough, but, oh man, I, I can't pick him. Uh, I was going to pick Matty Bumshow because he's wow. a great, he's a great fielder. I just don't think he, he's not going to have enough service time this year. So ultimately I think I'm going to go with, uh, Sheesh, RCC's losing his bird rights. Probably someone like, uh, like I could see Zach winning gold glove because dog. Fendi. That might because... be the most <laughs> dog thing I've ever heard. Are you fucking kidding me with that shit? All right. You, you um, go, Nick. You my, go. Oh, I'll Hero. go. Showman. My, my pick for, for Depoy this year is, um, it's it's gonna be the the runner up in the FBL. A DJ I think is gonna win um, Gold Glove this year, just because Johns just they they love this guy. They just love this guy, and the, his surrounding cast like Cam and Miller and James on one leg is just gonna be they're gonna be so horrific at fielding that DJ is gonna have to like play like the field like himself. Like he as as he's gonna have to throw the ball and catch the ball like. Um, if you know what I'm saying, so that would be my pick. I I think that voter fatigue. I I believe you're right. Um, there, DS, and um, to critique Marcus and Zach, um, by the same reasons that Ryan says Marcus is limited in his positioning, Zach is also limited because Zach only plays the infield. He will yeah. you won't see him in the outfield. Um, sure. I expect DJ to play all around, and uh, I just. Relative to uh, other fielders in the league, I, I could see Alec making a case. Potentially, Alec's a sneaky, pretty good fielder. But I'm going to go DJ. Uh, John's, John's just love that guy. Uh, I'm going to read the room, hashtag DS, and I'm going to pick little Mike. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you explain yourself right yeah, now. You're going to yell right at me. Now. Right the fuck now. Explain. Uh, it's it's really simple, okay? Um, Lil Mike's awful in the field. This vote is going to turn into a meme by my prediction, and therefore everybody is just going to be like, "Yo!" Like, and it's only going to take like five or six people. Lil Mike, go go up. That's it. That's the tweet. That's just terrible. Yeah, dude. It's the my prediction is not based off performance. Mike sucks in the field. You are predicting. I, I, I'm predicting hey, this vote. Shadow government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Damn. somebody who's been on the receiving end of a shadow government, I am. Tough. Well, I wish I had a better answer myself, but I don't because I don't think the league's done voting Marcus, uh, handing him gold gloves. So I think he's going to win it again. We because because they're just they're, who else do you give it to? Last year you saw no. You said last year you look at the voting and <laughs> nobody got more than a couple votes. There's just a Marcus bias for this award. Everyone just gravitates towards him for this award. And I'm not saying he's not worthy, but at some point he's got to go above and beyond. 
and, and show that he can do more than than stand in center field and make the majority of the plays. I, I just he makes some really great plays. Don't get me wrong, but I just I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know what's crazy is last year I made a montage from our WBL preview show and it's just Ryan sucking off Marcus and picking him <laughs> to win everything. And now this year, Ryan is flown away to Arkansas and is just absolutely shitting on Marcus's life. A complete 180 on Merguiz from Ryan. Kid, guys like Nick Wright, he's changing his opinion every two seconds. Unreal. Damn, I don't know if I can come back from a Nick Wright comparison. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a tough one. <sighs> I'm going to attempt, though, because we're going to move on to the big three awards. And that would be most improved Cy Young and MVP. And one more at the end, of course. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, You're forgetting an award. Hey, yeah. that's not an award. <laughs> Big Bum Man of the <laughs> Year is an award. What are you talking about? Big Bum Man of the Year. Are you kidding? That's the most anticipated <laughs> award. And you're going to diminish its value? It's the freaking Big Bum Man of the Year. <laughs> you slut fucking asinine i'm not even going to acknowledge the conversation that just went down 20 seconds ago that was shorter than 20 seconds ago anyways uh most improved we'll start with that one it's easily the hardest to predict as myself and jonathan have been the only ones to ever predict it uh and we only did it once each so most improved is usually comes out of nowhere and someone we're not expecting to make a leap uh last year the most improved was billy campbell he, he, as we talked about and mentioned, he was red hot with the bat. And it, it didn't even matter that he was still god-awful on the mound. He was so much improved at the plate that that really put him above for most improved. Former winners include Marcus and Jonathan and Nick. Uh, so another one where they wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, Jonathan, let's get your most improved winner. Okay, my most improved winner. All right, you're already smiling, so I know where this is going. Is going to be Cameron Mooney. Whoa! For, for most I improved. Because he is a complete shitter. Okay, this kid is a shitter. <laughs> all, all he has to do, all he has to do is show up and like actually care a, a wee bit and like try because he, he played baseball in the past. He has like good, he can hit like good, um, so I just don't see like anyone like he like all he has to do is just care and his numbers will like improve. So if he can care, then I think that he can do it. Although I know that a certain captain despises Cam and he will he will probably whip votes to prevent Cam from winning any awards. Um, and he has a loyal servitude of, of people in the league that will do as he says. He's got so mind that, control over over that half does, a week. That does worry me for Cam because Cam is on this person's bad side. Um, <laughs> but I will go. I will go. Cam Cameron Mooney for most improved this season. You can name names. It's okay. You don't gotta hide it. <laughs> Everyone knows who you're talking about. It's Zach. Uh, Dan, go ahead. D J Brown will be most improved. I so I think a similar thing that happened with Billy, right? Billy's first intro to the WBL, you know, he got his feet wet, you know, had some, you know, ups and downs, whatever. Second full year, the kid had a much, much better full, um, I don't know, portfolio, if you will. 
you know, his hitting got much, much better. He hit the shit out of the ball at the end of the year. Pitching, again, as you said before, Ryan, higher learning curve there. That might improve a little bit more this year for Bill. But DJ, I think, is somebody who has those skill sets already in place where he's now seen us for a whole year and now to get another uh, second full summer in with you're not there now. And again, the John's been around, you know, a, a big FBL season. He's an FBL champion. He's also a WBL champion. Kids got championship pedigree. So I think most improved uh, for DJ Brown. I think, I think that's a pretty shoe in pick right there. That's a bold prediction. Uh, because he was second in the league in ERA last year. Uh, obviously, he wasn't anything special at the plate. Uh, the power numbers, the production, the averages were were solid, but nothing great or special. Uh, but he would have to really make a big leap as a hitter and keep up that top-of-the-line pitching. Hitting, uh, I think, is where it's going to come. I think hitting, he's going he's gonna to go up big. Yeah. Okay. Nick, go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think about this one, and honestly, I think I'm going to roll with Miller. Um, I know his hitting was very good last year, but I'm going to go the pitching route. I mean, if there anybody has a uh, an opportunity to improve, uh, I mean, it's a guy who's going to be on a team that has a hole to fill. So, uh, you know, I think it could be it could be any one of the Hanks, but um. I'm going to roll with Miller's pitching, possibly improving. Maybe he comes into the season with something different in the tank. Who knows? Um, that's going to roll what I'm going to roll with for now, but I, I would, I would bet money on that. It would be somebody on the Hanks that wins this award. So Nick stole my thunder. I also like Miller uh, to win most improved. I think uh, he's going to have to cut down on the strikeouts. Like I was saying earlier, that'll get his OBP and his, batting average up uh, a, a bit and uh, he, he'll need to stop chasing and, and take some pitches and, and get the walks up walk rate needs to improve a little bit as well cut down on the strikeouts improve the walk rate and then he's shown in the past that he can be uh, at times a, a very good pitcher he didn't really show that much at all last year uh, only only very sparingly uh, but if, if he does make that return to uh, – if he does get hot on the mound and he's able to be a similar player as a hitter, uh, I think, yeah, most improved is, is definitely in the cards because if it wasn't for Billy's hot, just it, like nuclear second uh, down the stretch run last year, I think Miller would have won this last year. So I think it's uh, a solid bet that Miller will be in the running for it again. But before we move on to the next award, I need to point out that all three of you picked a Hank to win most improved. And Nick said somebody from the Hanks is going to have to do it. And yet you all think the Hanks are going to be ass. Well, here's the logic. Uh, I think because of how well hitting was last year um, and how I think it'll pretty much stay the same. uh, I don't see a lot of big change in like statistics this year. So uh, it just makes me think who has the most room to grow. And uh, that's why it leads me to the Hanks. But don't get me wrong. Room to grow doesn't mean team success. I'm talking individually because the Hanks will be a shitter organization for years to come. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to Cy Young. (laughs) 
Uh, Nick has correctly predicted the Cy Young winner in two of the past three seasons. Uh, so we'll, we'll start with him. Uh, Matt Cunningham, as we've mentioned, is the, was the 2020 Cy Young winner. Zach has won this award twice, and Alec is a former winner. Uh, so, Nick, who is going to be the Cy Young winner in 2021? Well, Matt's going to win it again. And let me tell you why. Um, yeah, he won it last year, but I don't think another year with him winning, he's, I don't think he's going to have voter fatigue from that yet. Plus it's his going away year might make the more emotional sentimental Johns vote for him. He's going to probably have the numbers to support it based off the fact that the league is entirely afraid of knuckleballs and he th- tends to throw it with enough speed to not give you enough time to react to it. You know, that Alec kind of gives you with his slower knuckleball. So um, I mean, given that the league just has struggled to hit knuckleballs for uh, ever um, he's going to be in the position with the numbers. And I think just, it'll be the, the perfect storm that there's no reason why he shouldn't win it unless he really just has a down year and somebody else beats him statistically. So, but I'm going to roll with Matt. I'm going to go with uh, Zach to win Cy Young this year, uh, a, a popular pick, um, a previous winner. I think unlike Matt, Zach's going to be playing the whole year. He's going to rack up a ton of wins against shitter competition like the Hanks, the second half RCCs, maybe the expansion team. And uh, his just his numbers are going to be going to be pretty good at the end of the year. And we know that he's got a lot of uh, people in the league that that like to vote for him. And he'll definitely get his own teammates to vote for him. So that's that's good enough itself. I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll roll Zach for uh, Cy Young this year. Dog. Yeah, dog. Uh, I'm going to go Alec. Um, dog. I could see him. <laughs> You know, he again, he's going to be there the, you know, what the full slate, right? Alec is going to be there both first and second half. So, yes. uh, although he does, he does keep hinting at he'll eventually go to New York. Uh, God yeah. knows when that will be, however. So, I'm going to go with Alec. Uh, again, who knows, you know, um, you know, if he's been working on anything, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm not around the kid, but, um, Cy Young wise, I think his knuckler, yeah, Jonathan thinks it's a meatball and it's like the easiest thing to hit in the world. But um, again, you're going to have a whole new team out there that has never seen his pitching that will probably not be very successful with. And I think Alec, uh, again, will clean up on shitter uh, competition. Um, not going to mention the Hanks like Jonathan did, because I mean, yeah, they are shitters, but I'm not going to say that. Um, Hero, thank you. Big yeah. brain. Um, so, but Alec is my pick and he hasn't won it in a little bit. So I can see him being a bounce back pick. Uh, I think Cy Young is going to be a four horse race this year. I think you're going to have, uh, Matt, Zach, Alec all in the conversation. And I think DJ should be included in the conversation as well. Uh, I I think he's going to have to be the ace of the Hanks this year. If they're going to be in competing for a playoff spot, they won't be. And I think that he's going to be able to replicate his numbers from last year. Yes, uh, he's going to have to – everyone will have a, a year under their belt of facing him. But he's one of the few players in the league that most players haven't seen a, a, a years of experience against. Uh, so he's still fairly new, and I think he still has that to some degree in his favor. Uh, but I, I, I'm with – 
I, I am with Nick on this one. I think with the how dominant Matt was last year, he he even played in a such limited amount of time. He only played in seven of his team's 18 team games, and he played uh, about half of the captain's games. And But over the course of that entire 2020 campaign, his ERA was 0.88. Nobody, could, nobody even sniffed that. He was dominant start to finish. Didn't matter what format it was. And I, I think that's, we're going to see a lot of the same uh, in the first half while he's around. I think the only thing that's stopping him from going back to back with Cy Young is himself showing up. So if I think if he shows up and is in just pitches the way he does, he'll, he's gonna, this should be his award to lose. So now we can talk about MVP and last year I won MVP making it back to back and three times overall. Uh, the only other former MVP winner is Zach. Uh, and in the case of previous uh, predictions, Dan is the only person to have correctly predicted the MVP multiple times. So with that being said, I'll start with you, Dan. Who is going to take the MVP mantle? My pick for this year is the man none other than himself, Nicholas Charles Brown, the first. The I think first. Nick, uh Senior. Uh, yeah, um, I think Nick is going to have a big year on the mound, at the plate. Again, I'm, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. We've been working. I We've been working our bums off. I've been seeing this kid grind. He's been weeding practice. He's been a true coach. And, yeah, you know, I think his coaching abilities should come into play as well. I mean, we're talking about MVP, the whole package. All right, what the fuck are you talking about here? You think other people – are really going to take coaching? Not actually. Not actually. I, but, no, <laughs> okay. but, but for real, but for real, you know, me and Nick, both of us had down years on the mound, um, big time, numbers, everything. The, the bums had the worst run differential, like ever, literally ever. So I think he comes back to the mean a bit uh, for what he normally is, but I, I don't think he has to be like a Cy Young candidate uh, on the mound to get MVP, but I think he's going to be good enough on the mound. And again, home run king, boom, MVP. And I think the bums are going to be pretty damn good too. So uh, wouldn't look bad if you had uh, the MVP on a really good team. Jonathan. Yeah. Um, my pick for MVP this year is also going to be Nicholas Charles Brown. The first, uh, like DS said, he's going to lead the league in home runs. His ERA is going to drop from seven, eight, whatever it was, to four, five, or lower. He's get, he is mastering. He's learning to play with the wind this year, not against the wind. The wind is his friend, not his enemy. Wind, friend, not enemy. Remember that. No more temper tantrums on the mound when he throws a slider and it gets a little gust of wind and doesn't get a strike. He's going to move on from that. He's going to take a deep breath. He's going to find himself. He's going to return to the ace, the ace that he was <laughs> previously. He's going to lead the league in home runs. He's going to be hitting for, for, for power, hitting for average, probably leading the league in RBIs. And the bums, as DS said, are going to be good. 
Nick is going to be the best player in the league this year, bar none, MVP. The stats show you that I should have won it a few years ago. They too. certainly do. If they you did the not that year. They did not. <laughs> You're stupid if you don't know that. All right, Nick, let's hear your, your MVP pick. Hey, listen, uh, my MVP pick is going to be an absolute stud, an absolute star on an absolute bombshell of a team. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, you got you got to roll with the stars who are going to be in the best team in the league. And the best team in the league is the Beanfield Bums. And the star player that I'm choosing from the Beanfield Bums is none other. It's not me. It, I, it's it, I'm get. Give me an MVP for Jonathan Sullivan this year, baby. <laughs> a kid's runner gonna up get last the year. Power. Solo second runner up last year. Kid's <laughs> gonna hit for some power this year. He's gonna get more appearances on the mound. The ERA will be more respectable. We'll lead the league in singles. We'll also lead the league in somewhat controversial slash kind of racist remarks on the YouTube channel. <laughs> and people are gonna vote for him this year for yep. MVP. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's all part of the bums takeover, baby. <laughs> all right. Here's what I have to say about that. Jonathan, I think he will actually be in the conversation. I will give you that. Yeah. Well, you tell me I'm making a bad pick. Yes. Well, I know. Because I, know, I don't, I I don't know think one, there's any shot that he actually wins it. One person in oh. this Zoom meeting uh, voted me for MVP last year. I'm not going to say who that was. But mm-hmm. he who did it knows who they were. I, I don't remember if I did, so I hope you're not talking about me. I'm not. All right. Sh- good shit, DS. It wasn't DS. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, with me out of the equation, Humble. I think this is going to turn into uh, a, a theme that you've been highlighting, Jonathan where the lap dogs are going to come out for, for Zach. I hope not. And <laughs> if Zach puts up the, the type of numbers where it's close between uh, himself, uh, Jonathan, and Nick, or whoever else may be at the top, if he is in, if he is in that top-tier group stat-wise, he is going to win MVP. No doubt in my mind. I think the top three should be Zach, Nick, and Jonathan. Makes me want to puke. But I just, at, at the end of the day, I think this is this is the one where the lap dogs are going to make sure that their king gets MVP. Because I'm not here to stop him anymore. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. I'll take him down myself. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I, I think Zach's going to be out to, to have another top caliber season and if he does uh, i don't think that either of you or anyone else is going to be able to put the votes together uh to to challenge him for mvp this year so we're going to skip that other award that you guys were talking about because i don't give a flying fuck about it i'm voting for ds for big bum of the year big bum man of the year i'm voting for jonathan i'm voting for ds i hate all of you (laughs) and we're gonna go to the finale and that is the champion and that and so we're going to pick the championship matchup we've already talked about who we think will make the playoffs uh so nick i will let you start uh as terms of champions uh i 
have correctly predicted the champion twice. The only one amongst this panel to do so. So I will go last. Nick, who is going to make the championship series and who wins? Bum snowflakes, bums win. <laughs> I'll, I'll do you one further. Bum snowflakes, bums win in three. Get the brooms out. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know about that. I'd say I the do. same thing. Okay, okay, Jonathan, please go ahead. Bums, snowflakes, bums, and four. Okay, Dan. Bums, snowflakes. <sighs> bums and five. Just a dog. He had to give Zach at least two games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well. <laughs> You guys are just wrong. I'm what? sorry. You guys are wrong. All right. What is it? Commish. I'll give you the championship matchup. There's if it's not bums versus snowflakes, something has gone wrong. Matt, if 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 it's not bums versus snowflakes, Matt has stayed in Massachusetts. Matt came back. <laughs> no, that means that Matt did in fact come back for the playoff run because he got them into the playoffs in the first half. And that means that it would probably be snowflakes versus RCCs in the championship. But I'm going to assume that that is not the case and that they, even if it, they do make the playoffs and he comes back for it, that they choke. And so I will agree with you guys. And I think the best case, uh, most likely scenario is a bums snowflakes championship series, but I don't, I don't trust you guys to take them down. I have some snowflakes in four. Oh, sounds like a we got a we got a a big hater in the chat, fellas. Mm. You're gonna just do that to us at quarter of one in the goddamn morning. You're, it's actually eleven on us. It's actually eleven forty three on April eighth. All right, we don't, we, we don't go Friday. by racist time. It's Friday, sailor. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's actually Thursday. It's still Thursday. Sorry, guys. I don't know what you guys are talking about. But that's gonna do it on the WBL 2021 season preview show. Let's get your final thoughts. Anything that you would like to get off your chest before we hop off the airwaves. Um, bunch of dogs in the league that want to keep stealing. A lot of rats. Um, stealing is the worst thing in this league, bar none by far. Why it still even exists in the league is beyond me. It's because the, the dog wants it. That's why it's still in it. It's just, it's ridiculous. Hate it. Hate, hate, hate stealing. It's just a horrible rule. Um, I want it gone, but it is what it is. Got to got to live with it another day. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Diaz. No, just uh, excited for the season. Happy for, you know, a new team coming in and just, oh, pump. We got a full like summer of really fleshed out thing with the, the whole team idea instead of, shoehorning it into like one month which we had to do mm -hmm. um so i'm curious to see how this whole part-time and free agent uh kind of thing goes seeing as the rccs are being allowed to sign somebody to a one day deal to give themselves four um see if it'll spark any interest from other part-time johns to maybe join the league 
I'll see how Shelly does this weekend. It's his first return in a couple of years. The WBL didn't have the greatest offensive output, but he pitched pretty decently. Um, I will cry wolf. If he ends up being nasty. And, uh, and I will probably be looking to add him immediately as soon as the opportunity uh, becomes of itself. But um, nonetheless, in general, like Diaz said, I just want to get on the field. I just want to play. I feel like I've been getting blue balled and waiting for weeks I'm getting screwed over because nobody wants to play or nobody can make, get the time to play. So uh, just finally ready to get back out there. My FOMO will be off the charts this year. Uh, I am going to try to embrace being the league commish and an unbiased one at that. No association to any teams whatsoever. Cap. You, you, you got me, Jonathan. Uh, but for real, it, it's going to be tough not being on the field with you fellas. Uh, I am excited, though, for what it ha- what the league has in store for this year. Like you said, new team, uh, a couple of rule changes, a new schedule, a, a new playoff format of sorts. So I think – and an all-star game. So I, I think there's a lot to look forward to, a lot to be excited for for you guys. And I'm looking forward to how things shake out. Same. Big mood. But I think that's going to do it here. So for Dan Sadik, Jonathan Sullivan, and Nick Brown, I am your league commissioner, Ryan Brown. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads, take me home to the place. Play.